I'm Jason Yates, the CEO of My Faith Votes, and you're listening to the My Faith Votes podcast. Thanks for joining me for this episode as we discuss some very relevant and important issues of our day, religious freedom and vaccine mandates. I'm joined by Brad Dacus, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Brad and his team recently tossed up a Hail Mary pass to the Supreme Court in the fight for religious freedom. It wasn't just any Hail Mary, as Brad describes it. It was a Hail Mary pass to another stadium across town. Hear the details of what that was about and how Brad is making a difference for Christians and all Americans. In my faith votes, we believe that our faith has something essential to contribute to every area of our lives. And that's why we want to empower people to engage, engage in their communities, engage in the civic process. We have incredible partners who are doing just that. At the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus is the president. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's great to have you here. Great to be here, Jason. Yeah, so at My Faith Votes, we talk about a number of pillars that are important to society. We talk about the sanctity of life, strengthening families and marriages. We talk about having care and compassion uh, for those in need. We also talk about religious freedom. And religious freedom is something that's in jeopardy in our nation these days. Talk about some of the things that you're facing and that you're the that PJI is dealing with today in this realm. Well, over the last year, we have seen the greatest assault on religious freedom. Unthinkable uh, was the shutdown of churches all across this nation. Uh, we at PJI immediately stepped in and provided via Zoom uh, counsel to pastors and churches and private schools across the nation on how they can open their church much faster, even uh, in, in uh, disagreement with some of their blue state governors who wanted to keep them closed much longer and unfairly. So we made a lot of progress there, uh, but we had to address it head on. And we did that in a very strategic case filed against California Governor Gavin Newsom in Santa Clara County in California as well. Uh, on behalf of several churches. We filed this in federal court, uh, arguing that churches cannot be treated uh, unequally. So unfairly. this was a proactive? Very proactive okay. litigation a lawsuit. Uh, the federal court disagreed with us and ruled against us and our clients. Then we appealed it to the Ninth Circuit. Not too surprisingly, the Ninth Circuit upheld the lower court. We then strategically filed an emergency injunction appeal to the United States Supreme Court. Now. It's not easy to get this kind of, a, of an injunction granted. It's just to get a case heard by the Supreme Court is like a Hail Mary pass. To get an emergency injunction from the Supreme Court is like throwing a Hail Mary pass to a stadium all the way across town. And that's what happened. We filed this, this in, uh, motion with the court, this appeal, and the Supreme Court just three days later granted our emergency injunction, sending ripples across the nation to governors like Gavin Newsom, you cannot unfairly, unequally treat churches and must respect their religious freedom rights to worship and to gather. Uh, it was a fantastic decision. And needless to say, we're continuing to build on that decision uh, with other cases across the country. Yeah, so um, what has been the response within California? Well, uh, Santa Clara County has always seemingly not able to um, understand Supreme Court decisions. Mm. Uh, so uh, we've seen them try to get around it. Uh, needless to say, we're on top of that. Uh, other counties, for the most part, 
have recognized uh, the Supreme Court decision and what it says and have moved into compliance. In fact, uh, limitations on church occupancy has uh, shifted from being a mandate to merely recommended guidelines, non-binding against churches. So we've seen it, we're, we've seen a, a positive shift in direction. Uh, the governors of blue states that have engaged in, in this kind of anti-church, anti-religious freedom oppression, they are on defense, they are on the run. We now have the votes on the Supreme Court and the case law um, is just there for us to, to make it uh, by filing the cases and stepping up as we are. We're, we're actually very optimistic on this front moving forward. More, pro more problematic though, is the next wave of oppression coming via mandatory right. COVID vaccines. Uh, we're having countless calls on this subject uh, at Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, so what we've done, our attorneys have worked together and prepared a very valuable resource. It's free. Um, and it's, uh, it's basically your defenses and rights in view of the vaccine mandate for COVID. And it's very empowering. And what we talk about is basically how uh, employees can still keep their job and how strategically to be able to do that uh, who don't want a vaccine. Also students who want to go to college and they're told you can't because you're not vaccinated. We give them instruction on how to, how to get around that. Um, also people who want to go into a store, uh, fly an airline, et cetera, and not be vaccinated. Uh, we address that as well. Um, we're updating this on a regular basis, but I encourage people uh, to take advantage of this and to pass it on and they can get it on resource for free at PJI. Org. So this is a resource for anybody just to go and, and consume for their own use and understand what their rights are. Yeah. I mean, we, we live in a, in a different world. No one would have dreamed that in the United States of America, uh, we could be limited potentially by what we buy or sell or where we can go uh, based upon whether or not we've had the state's vaccination you know, mandated by the state. Um, it's it's a, a serious liberty issue. And yet uh, we're willing to uh, stand up to it again in the courts. At the same time, we wanna empower people right where they are to know what they can do here and now uh, to uh, stand up to this. If people want a vaccine, great. It's up to them though to make that choice. And, um, and this is a, the good thing about this is that it's woken up so many Americans, uh, so many churches and pastors uh, of the growing threat to freedom and liberty. Uh, being involved is not just a hobby anymore yeah. or an interest. It's really a matter of survival of freedom and liberty and the ability for them in the long run to follow the call of God in the United States of America. You talk about being involved and I agree with you, it's wakening up a lot of people, but yet we still have a number of people of faith, Christians who are saying, I won't vote. I, I, it, that there's a separation of church and state or whatever their reasons are. What are some of the reasons that you have found and what would you say to the person who says, ah, I, I don't vote? Well, first, let me say right up front, um, if, if people are wanting to save America and to have a spiritual revival, voting is not the top of the list to acquire that. At the end of the day, Jesus Christ is the savior. Um, only changing the hearts of, of people throughout America is what's really going to change this nation. Uh, it's a spiritual warfare. So, so why should people vote? A uh, couple of reasons right offhand. First, 
uh, Romans chapter 13 commands us, doesn't suggest it, it commands us to be good citizens. Um, it's indisputable that good citizenship involves being responsible and vote and voting responsibly. That's a fundamental of good citizenship and that's commanded by God's word in Romans chapter 13. But even more important is our testimony. If a church is truly filled with the love of Jesus, truly, they're gonna care about people outside their church walls. They're gonna care about the, the preborn, uh, the sick, um, etc. They're gonna care about people. And the world is watching to see if we're going to really care about people. Because if a church really cares, they're going to vote. Voting is an obvious manifestation of having a real love of Christ and having a real care and concern for others. It's an inherent part of our testimony in the free world. And that testimony is so important in our effectiveness for the light and love of Christ to shine. You know, Christ gives us his good and perfect law that we are light and we can bring that into our communities. I often talk about Galatians 6.10. It says, as we have opportunity, do, do good. I think of voting as an opportunity to do good and, and bring his goodness into the communities that we live in, that we work in, that we serve in. So, yeah, and, and the issues we're facing today yeah. um, are not the issues our nation faced 50, 75 years ago necessarily. Um, some of them are discretionary, economic, but many of them are not discretionary if you have a Christian biblical worldview. Uh, they're impacting lives. Just the preborn alone, the, the massive abortion and, and murdering of the preborn alone, that in and of itself uh, should compel us all to register and to vote. And uh, fortunately, we at Pacific Justice Institute have uh, been able to effectively help mobilize hundreds of churches to register their voters through what we call Civic Stewardship Sundays. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's exciting, and it's something that can be implemented in churches all across the United States. Yeah, it's important how we engage, how, how churches engage, how the communities uh, you know, that they affect you know, are, are impacted through the engagement of pastors and their congregations. Um, one of the ways that I know that you're doing that too is helping people do that specifically with school boards. Real briefly, what are some of the tools and resources that a church or a Christian can take advantage of through PGAI? First, school boards, um is not a, a, a just a wishy-washy government entity. Right. Um, the welfare of the children, the kindergartners, is like it or not, based on our system, in the hands of the school board. And the good news is that school boards are local. It's not like we have one giant school board over the United States, they're local. So that gives parents a lot of power and ability to be involved, to attend school board meetings on a regular basis, to have a real influence. Specifically though, we at Pacific Justice provide Model School Board Policies. We have 21 of them drafted in our book, Reclaim Your School. Uh, once again, that's available for a free download. They don't have to pay a penny for it from our website, pji.org. Uh, we also have um, opt-out forms that uh, are made available and school districts can actually have those uh, distributed to parents. So the parents don't have to come to us at PJI. They could get these and have them distributed and we have them customized for each of the 50 states to maximize the rights of parents pursuant to state and federal law. 
Um, the good news also is that they can actually run for office. They can not only just be involved, they can uh, run and, and for school board. And we've got some uh, great resources and some um, partnerships with organizations that can really help them do that and do it effectively. Running for office for many is like a, an abstract. I'm, I've never run for office. I don't know what to do. I, I don't have any red, white, and blue ties, you know? And yet, it's really not that hard. Um, there's so much in the way of resources and people to assist individuals in number one, deciding if they in fact have the, the qualifications to run, and number two, um, how to effectively get elected, and then number three, the training on how to be effective when they're elective, elected. Uh, we have uh, individuals, uh, uh, school board members, who are in the minority and yet were effective in their governance on the school board. And this is something that we are offering to individuals who are running for the school board, uh, as well as other resources to, to empower them with the proper training to get elected and to decide if yeah. they're indeed cut out for it. So many great resources that I really hope everyone listening to this takes advantage of, and that website is pgai.org, That's right, right. pgai.org. That's right. Yeah, um, and I really do encourage everyone, take advantage of these resources, get involved, get engaged at the school board level, um, Get take advantage of those resources for uh, the vaccine and, and what you can, um, be aware of what you need to be aware of as a student, as an employee, um, to protect your rights and your liberty. Um, yeah, and one more thing too. Yeah. I, I just, I think this is really important uh, with regards to the vaccines. Um, if the FDA approves the vaccines and they're no longer emergency vaccines, uh, the door is wide open for blue states in particular to require school districts to mandate that every student attending a public school be vaccinated. And in some states like California, uh, that will apply to also to charter schools and to private schools. Uh, we believe this could create a huge wave of parents leaving public schools and a lot of private schools with uh, different issues. We're gonna work with the private schools, but also we're working to empower churches to begin church homeschool co-ops. Uh, this is a golden game changer for the kingdom for millions of children throughout America to enable them to have a, an education where they otherwise couldn't afford a private school education and where they couldn't be able to homeschool on their own. Yeah. Um, and this is a great opportunity, I think, for, for God's kingdom that I hope the church takes full advantage of should this uh, scenario come to fruition. Equip and empower the church to do good and have an impact on the community. And when we say blue states, what we're really talking about is what we're observing around the policies and what they are pushing for. It's not a partisan thing, but it's based on observation right. of where things are going uh, policy and legislation-wise within those states versus other states. Yeah, I'll be frank. Um, I am astonished of how, clearly, how clear the divide is between states with Democrat governors versus states with Republican governors. Mm. The Republican governor's states, generally speaking, I mean, they're in favor of freedom. Yeah. They're in favor of, of parental rights, they're in favor of religious freedom. Um, and yet the tyranny that we see almost is consistently in states with Democrat governors. Mm. Um, I don't think we should you know, obsess ourselves with, with partisanship. Yeah. It, it, can, 
it can be counterproductive. But people need to understand the reality of where they are. And the reality is, if they're in a state with a Democrat governor, at this time at least in history, um, that's a state that is likely going to be much more problematic when it comes to religious freedom and parental rights. We need to have discernment, pray for guidance, and to vote biblical values. Absolutely. All right, Brad, thanks for joining us and being a part of this. Visit pji.org, pji.org. Thank you. Thanks. Brad and his team are helping people engage and take action to bring the impact of their faith into the public square. And that's really what My Faith Votes is all about as well. We want to equip you in that way. We want you to be effective as you stand for religious freedom or fight for your rights as parents with your kids' schools. You can make a difference, and I invite you to become an action partner with My Faith Votes. When you do, you'll be equipped with resources and opportunities to make a difference. Become an action partner today by visiting us at actionpartners.org. That's actionpartners with an S dot O-R-G. You'll make an impact when you do.